Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome to FST right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and Mike Blewett is back. As we, you know, we spent two hours yesterday really going through all the action hello, hello. that we heard. We got Mike Blewett back in there. How you feeling today, Mike? FST, we back in the saddle. We're 5-0, and o, brother man. Yeah, we're good, uh, Dane. Sorry, I had a little uh, technical issue to start the show, but we are off, to the, ra- off to the races. Uh, we're 5-0 and o in our league, and clearly yeah, the start of the show last night. We to sweat it out, though, a little bit. What's that? We have to sweat it out a little bit. A little bit, but can't blow everybody out every week i think it's uh clear though that the star of the show last night was none other than none other than drew Brees. the hall of fame was on hand his wife and kids were on hand uh and he certainly broke that passing record a lot earlier than was anticipated he never got that last touchdown pass right so he is uh, holding on 499 uh until next week mm-hmm yeah, you got to think it's going to be back-to-back uh, kind of record-breaking efforts for Drew Brees. He has a great game, 363 yards, three touchdowns, only three incompletions the entire game. He goes 26 of 29. They stopped the game and all that stuff. I tell you what, though, I thought the best thing, he's hugging his wife and kids and all that stuff, and his wife is like, go out there and win this game now. That's that's a woman right there for yeah, you. She's also... Super gorgeous. So uh, it sure. adds to sure. the enjoyment of that moment for me personally. But Things happen like that with uh, Hall of Fame quarterbacks. It's yeah, ironic. yeah, shocking. The guy that's worth uh, over $100 million <laughs> and is a famous NFL quarterback uh, is married to somebody like that. Anyway, Drew Brees, 26-29, 363, three touchdowns. I had him in our uh, Grand Street Tavern League, which Dana and I could beat in. He put up, uh, I think, a 37 spot, so I won comfortably because of that. Um, obviously other news, uh, as far as the saints are concerned is that Mark Ingram really took a bigger role than I think we anticipated, or at least slightly bigger. We were guessing 10 to 12 touches. He ends up seeing 18 touches. Alvin Kamara effectively had the night off. He only touches the ball nine times for 39 yards. So if you really needed Kamara to come up big, you were out of luck. He only barely scraped, uh, five points for you. For me, I did have Kamara in one league, but I had a comfortable lead, didn't need him. Uh, but it is frustrating, obviously, when you don't necessarily see that coming down the road, and then Mark mm-hmm. Ingram effectively takes over. I think it's good news for Kamara, beca- uh, for Ingram, rather, because we thought they might ease him into things last night, 10 to 12 touches, and then he's got next week off, and then you got another one. You know, there was only going yeah. to be one game that he was going to play in before week seven, but if you had the stones to play him last night, which I did in one, two of my three leagues where I have him, then you reap the benefits. He ends up having a really nice game with the two touchdowns on the 18 touches. 
and he goes for 73 yards. So touchdowns really helped him there. Yeah, absolutely. I am one of the owners that you just mentioned, Blewett. In our Greenwich Street Tavern League, I lost uh, I lost the matchup by 11 points. I do own Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara got me 6.9, and in a normal week, I would have been expecting Alvin Kamara to get me the 17 that I would have needed in order to get a W. I did not get it, and so I go down. Um, my question is this. You know, listen, we were... On Thursday Night Football last week, we were on some like, oh, they're going to get it, Julian Edelman involved right away. And they did. They force-fed him. I said on Freestyle on last Thursday night right before the game, I said, I guarantee you Tom Brady's first drop back will be a target for Julian Edelman. That's exactly what happened. I feel like they were doing similar things here with Mark Ingram, wanting to get him involved, wanting to get him in there by the goal line. The question is, as we spin it forward, Blewett, as you know, Saints got to buy this week. So the question is, you know, where will the pendulum come to rest, right? It's swung heavily in the Ingram direction. We've seen it swing in the Kamara direction before. Will the pendulum kind of normalize and will this be a normal, quote-unquote, timeshare moving forward? I think that it actually will, in fact, because I've also – I think I've said it to you. I've definitely said it to Scott. Look at the Saints' schedule moving forward, okay? They get this bye, right? But check out the next, like, oh, I don't know, four run defenses they play. After the bye, blew it. At Baltimore, no easy task. At Minnesota, what we think is no easy task. Home for the Rams with that front. At Cincinnati with Geno Atkins and boys. Then home for Philadelphia and their stout and deep defensive line. Those are five games in a row that are, uh, in my opinion, you know, not great matchups. So I do think they're going to need to use both Ingram and Kamara's skill set coming out of the bye. Yeah, I think that's fair to assume. I, I would I would lean towards Kamara seeing more touches. He's just a more explosive player, but they can, you know, the bad part is they could utilize Mark Ingram how they did last night. They were really hammering with him down near the goal line, and Ingram's a little bit of a bigger player, so I, I think you're going to be, I think you'd be comfortable with that role if you're a Mark Ingram owner. As far as Kamara is concerned, I heard you talking in the last hour about, how much he's been overused. He's got a little bit of a knee issue that they're trying to rest. So I think that's smart. I don't think you should panic about the knee injury. It's just something to watch. I, I don't know if you, I mean, it's not, see, the funny part is like, there's nobody you can get to replace Alvin Kamara in any way, shape or form. No, yeah, and, I mean, and the, the one guy that you would want to have backing him up is the guy that somebody else already drafted and sat on for a month. So they're not going to be willing to deal him. Um, there's no way to have any kind of backup for that, but, uh, I'm not panicked about Kamara the that week, much. I think it'll be all right. We still yeah. saw him be productive even in a timeshare last week. Is he going to rip off 40-point games like he did in the first three weeks? You know, probably not. It probably just doesn't happen now. But can he still be a top five back in fantasy football for the rest of the way? I think he can. This offense is, is proving that they can shred people apart. Washington's defense just looked terrible last night. Just terrible. Yeah. Traquan Smith's running all Absol- over the field wide open. Yeah, absolutely. And remember, last year, Blewett, for most of the season, they may have finished this way, both Kamara and Ingram 
finished as RB1s, right? Absolutely. So there's no reason to think there's no reason to think that the same thing can't happen. I hear you. Like maybe Kamara goes down from the number one player in all fantasy to like RB, you know, six overall. But you gotta take that. If you have Kamara or if you have Mark Ingram, they are a week to week starter moving yeah. forward. I mean they've scored the most points in the league. They're third in yards. They're um yeah. Let's see, yeah, they they've lost a few fumbles. I'm just trying I'm looking across all the stats right right now uh they haven't thrown an interception yet 11 uh touchdowns wow. to zero interceptions for the saints um as far as rushing the saints the ball. is definitely an offense i'm happy to be invested in yeah I and mean, the most rushing touchdowns in the league with 10 they have the highest percentage of scoring per drive uh, scoring percentage per drive uh so points per drive is first in the league so this is the saints sure. with even more versatility than they've had in the past Two star running backs, an all-world wide receiver who did very little last night. They have an ancient tight end who's still reliable. They have this rookie wide receiver who was running all over the place last night. But keep in mind, Ted Ginn was out last night. When Ted Ginn comes back in, we don't know what Traquan Smith can be. Keep in mind, Cam Meredith getting healthier and yes. healthier coming off that knee as well. He goes for five for 71. I mean, that. we got four wide receivers here, Blewett. You know, Thomas, uh, Meredith, uh, Traquan Smith, Ted Ginn when he gets back. You know, the aging, reliable tight end in Watson, both Ingram and Kamara in the passing game. That's seven. And don't forget, crazily enough, they are, you know, they are involving Taysom Hill as a part of this yeah. offense as well. Talk about a fantasy herd, Blewett. Give me the shepherd of the herd, Drew Brees, who's thrown for more yards than any quarterback in NFL history. Yeah, what, we had a prop bet, I think, that we did before the season, and it was Drew Brees uh, over 26 oh, and yeah. a half passing touchdowns. Touchdowns. I believe that right. was the. Yep, and there was, was the it. lower yards also. There were the yards at around forty three hundred as well because he only had forty three hundred last year, and that prop was even lower. Um, He's had eleven so touch yeah, passing touchdowns, touchdowns through five games. You got to feel good about that right five. now. It's a yeah. So a really what that a pace. pays for like thirty five. Yeah, you know, so. five games. You triple to be fifteen games, almost yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's thirty three. Then plus like one more. No, no. Game. It was twenty six so, and a yeah. half. You'd be well over. Was the prop? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying he's on pace for like 34. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so you got to feel good about that. Uh, Saints at four and one. They haven't played great defensively. Obviously, they've played poorly defensively. Mm -hmm. But they're four and one, and in first place in that division, Atlanta has fallen apart. Although, right, I did hear a good point on a different podcast yesterday. I don't want to. I'll get back to Washington in a second. But Atlanta's. We'll get to Atlanta in in detail maybe in the next segment. But their schedule really eases up now. I don't think they're a terrible team. I think they're just ravaged by injury. But they have an opportunity, like win four of the next five, be at five and five, and still have a shot in that latter part of the season. So let's talk about uh, Washington last night. It was gross. Alex Smith, 23 of 39, 275. They couldn't run the ball at all. Didn't matter if it was Chris Thompson or Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson already shooting his mouth off about helping the Vikings. Jameson Crowder, four for 55. Paul Richardson, four for 50. Chris Thompson, six for 45. AP actually caught a couple of passes, and Vernon, Jordan Reed caught one pass. It just, I. Yeah, one for 21. They were just, the offense was like in broken mode all last night. They, they jumped on that one turnover at the end of the first half. It was the best mm-hmm. thing they did the whole game, to be honest. The Saints coughed up the ball, and then 
Washington came down and capitalized that right at the end of the first half. And you thought, you know what, 26 to 13, they could score coming out of the second half. There'll be something here. And they just didn't do anything. It just was, uh, they were done. They can't run the ball well consistently. Um, but I don't know if this is the type of game with considering all the emotions that were going on in New Orleans, the breeze and the record and everybody celebrating basically before even halftime. If you just try and throw it out, there's a lot of people that are on Jay Gruden hot seat talk. And I just wonder if it's a little premature. They're two and two. They're yeah. Not one, I mean, listen, they're two and two. You know what else they are? They're in first place in their division right now, ironically. You know, Philly's two and three, Dallas two and three, the Giants one and four. Even with that goose egg that they kind of laid, they are technically leading the NFC East right now. Okay, so I want to put that in perspective when it comes to the fire Gruden talk. Listen, I don't think Gruden is creative. I don't think this offense looks good. We called this team, you know, going into the season pretty much a kind of nondescript team that'll win between six and eight games. And I think that that's exactly what they are. And I think you're right. The emotion. And listen, it happens all the time. Emotion in the Dome on Monday night. You know, there was a long and storied history of this. They went back to the piece on Steve Gleason during the show. And I don't know how much of this blew it was like they got out of game flow. I mean, Adrian Peterson, four carries, you know, in a quote-unquote revenge game. But I want to spin this forward, okay? I think there are there – are, I want to ask you about Paul Richardson. Because a lot of people were saying, you know, he's got nothing, you know, it was a bad signing for them. But he did a little bit of work in the first half, and then he left the game due to injury. You know, you saw him sitting on the side. I think it was like his thigh wrapped up or something like that. He showed himself to be a little bit dynamic, in my opinion, to be quite honest. And you got you, you got Richardson 4 for 50 in the first half. Then it became kind of garbage time. Crowder gets 55 yards, leads the team in targets along with Thompson. You know... In the last hour, Scott was like completely hopping off all of these Washington receivers. And I was like, I don't know. I think Richardson and Crowder are the kind of guys that like I'm not cutting necessarily, but I'm not starting either. They're kind of guys that I'm going to have in my bench. And, you know, there's going to be weeks in the next month where there's like four and six teams on by. You're going to maybe need these kind of guys. I don't know. Do you see any value in, the, in, in any of the Washington pass? Yeah, what, what I would say is that it was exactly you sort of led into exactly what I was going to say. I, I do think you have to throw this game out to some extent last yeah. night. I can't feel great about any of the options, but you can't be cutting Chris Thompson and cutting Jameson Crowder and Paul Crowder. Richardson and even Jordan Reed to some extent. I think they played a terrible game, and I think you have a button on exactly uh, who it is that you're going to release when it comes to Washington. I, I don't know how I feel about Paul Richardson still. During drafts, I was sort of out on him. I, I didn't love where he was going in drafts relative to who I was comfortable taking at that same time, but it wasn't a lot of draft capital at all. Jamison Crowder was the one guy in this offense that I really liked going into the year, and it's just yeah, been very ho-hum. I, I, what else can I say? I mean, four for 55, if that's going to be the deal every week, then he probably isn't worth rostering because when the hell are you ever going to start a guy like that until these teams get on by? Keep in mind, in week seven, eight, and nine, we're going to have four, four, plus six teams on by. So yeah, those are the uh, they're coming up weeks. in a hurry. Yeah, those are the big bye weeks. I think seven, eight, nine. 
10 and 11 are big as well. That middle of the season is really where the depth of your roster is tested. I mean, not only are there the bye weeks, but last I heard, football is a violent game and a game of attrition as well. We see it with Jay Ajayi going to the IR. You know, Austin Safarian Jenkins going to IR here in after week five. So by the time we hit week eight and nine, there's six teams on bye, and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're not as healthy as you were in week two. I, I have to believe Jamison Crowder will still deserve to be on a fantasy roster at that point. Yeah, I, I, I like I said, I, I think you can't really, you, you can't freak out over the one game. It was just a terrible game for them. And to your point, yeah. uh, we need to get to some injury news, and those are the two big ones that we heard this morning. Now, I, I'm sure not many. There's plenty of leagues out there where Austin Safarian Jenkins wasn't even owned, but JGI certainly was uh, on a lot of them. So, um, give give us a sense really of what this means in your opinion what does it mean for Philly in the running back position yeah listen i think we now have a committee of you know ultimately clement and Smallwood and Sproles when he gets back in. We don't know the timetable on Sproles, but I would keep an eye on Sproles as well, um, you know, in the PPR world. But other than that, I think Smallwood and Clement are both, like, if you look to waivers this week, I think Smallwood and Clement are both going to be very heavily added guys. I see right now, at least on Yahoo where I'm looking, they are the two most added running backs. Wendell Smallwood only owned in 10% of leagues. Corey Clement only owned in 25% of leagues. You can grab both of them. I think they'll both be valuable moving forward. I think they're a straight-up timeshare. And then Spoles adds to it to be a committee on the PPR side of things when he ultimately gets back from injury. Yeah, so uh, just some other guys out there to consider early. I'm looking at just one of my leagues right now. Taylor Gabriel is uh, in the mix uh, for certain leagues. I think you have Ryan Grant out there. I'm just looking. This is across. Uh, this is an ESPN yeah. league that I'm in. A very fairly standard 12-team league. At wide out PPR. Last hour at wide out, we were talking about guys like Chris Godwin off his bye. If you believe in Robbie Anderson after the one week, um, Valdis Scantling. If if these guys are still banged up in Green Bay. Um, you know, QT, if he if you didn't grab him last time around, is still out there. And then the guy that we drafted. Blew it. Who I think you know is on the come right now is Christian Kirk in Arizona. Yeah, um, I think so too. I mean, it wasn't you know Josh Rosen was ten of twenty five, so he didn't light the world on fire. But it was what we talked about, sort of the rookies connecting with one another and him having value. So we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about waiver wire ads and uh, some of the other big news in the NFL this week. It's Mike and Dane. On Fantasy Sports Today, catch us on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. We'll be back. Take you around the NFL after this. There's only one place to listen to the best fantasy advice, and that's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. By downloading the FNTSY Radio Network app, you'll be blessed with having the top fantasy experts right in your pocket. You'll get award-winning and entertaining programs like the Roto Experts. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. Fantasy best friends forever. Yo! Carton and friends. Yeah, buddy! And so much more. You feel what I'm saying? Download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app now and take the most trusted fantasy experts with you wherever you go. We're back on FST. Hit us up on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. I'm at Mike Blue at Dane is at Spittin' Speeds. 
For those of you listening on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app on TuneIn and on iHeartRadio, thank you. We appreciate you listening and joining us on this Tuesday morning, recapping last night's events and the week ahead. We'll get to uh, Colin Drew news in a minute. Colin Drew's a colleague of ours, but BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport. At BetDSI, with hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game, BetDSI is now offering a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit if you use promo code FNTSY. That's BetDSI.com, promo code FNTSY. Head on over to BetDSI and start winning today. So um, this is kind of crazy. So our colleague Colin Drew, he is an analyst, a writer for Daily Roto. He had a career night on Sunday, a career day on Sunday. He hit uh, big for $72,000. He won a, a he won a significant prize on one tournament and, you know, had some other cash games or whatever that supplemented that. So he runs it right back to last night and he gets into a tournament and he ties for first place. And first prize was 250k, so he and the other guy Split first and second place, 175K. He has a career night of $72,000, follows it up the next night with 175. So um, to, I'll give you the read that we're going to do. Some things you can't make up. He won 72 on DraftKings using yeah. the DailyRoto.com NFL lineup optimizer, and last night he tied for first. He took home the 175. He goes for the hat trick tonight as he'll play DFS hockey trying to win DFS tournaments in three consecutive days. Now, Colin made his bones in DFS by playing hockey and being successful. He then joined Daily Roto, and obviously he's played more sports. He probably played more sports uh, beyond that prior to joining Daily Roto, but he made his bones as a hockey guy. So we told you DailyRoto.com has produced seven separate FanDuel and DraftKings million-dollar tournament winners and millions more in smaller prizes for countless subscribers. So you can see how the winnings add up. It's not just these seven millionaires that we've produced, but all of these other winnings along the way, 247 grand in the last two days. So head on over there to dailyroto.com, enter promo code FNTSY for a special discount, and take part in the daily fantasy winnings. And if sports wagering you're into, click on the sports betting tab. You'll be able to use the same tools that have produced all those daily fantasy winnings. DailyRoto.com is making fantasy great again. That's DailyRoto.com, the industry website where millionaires are made. Thousandaires, too. So just a crazy run, Dane. <clears throat> when I saw the news late last night, I was like going to bed right when I saw it. I was like, Colin Drew won again? Like I thought it was like one of those things, like a repeat, that he just hit it big on Sunday, and then he hit it for twice more last night. Yeah, absolutely. Big shout out to Colin Drew. Big shout out to the Daily Roto guys. Um, on this show, also blew it before you uh, started joining us in the kind of in the in the spring and in the summer. We had a regular spot on Wednesdays with Colin Drew coming in, and he was talk to me and the All In Kid every week on Wednesday about DFS golf for the upcoming yeah. week. So you mentioned hockey. I know Daily. Uh, I know Colin is really owning the golf DFS over at Daily Roto as well. So just, you know, and we had some time. We had him on this show in a weekly spot on Wednesdays when Roto Experts in the Morning was two hours. And it was really great to talk to Colin Drew. He had some great insights on 
all sports. And so once again, we here at FST tip our cap to Colin Drew, and we tell you about Daily Roto all the time. I don't know how many times we got to tell you guys, go on over to DailyRoto.com, use the lineup optimizer, use the Go Premium tab, use the sports betting tab. We're making millionaires over here. We're helping people win their leagues and win that cash. Shout out to Colin Drew. Great guy. I've said it once. If I've said it once, I've said it 50 times. DailyRoto.com is the best site I know out there for DFS. It's the best site out there for DFS. Forget what I know. Not only that, but you have to listen to the podcast every week. Guys like Drew Dinkmeyer, Mike Leone, um, Ricky Sanders contribute. And if you read their weekly rundown and then listen to the podcast, uh, Gabe, Gabe Morris, he's actually in the studio. He's going to join us. If you, want, if you listen to that rundown and then listen to the podcast, it will really color in what it is that they've written. It's important for me to listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's how you got to do it. And, and, and I say this to everybody. You don't want to just take exactly what it is. You got to throw your own little, you know, your own little gut feeling in there as well. But these guys, Colin Drew, Drew Dinkmeyer, the Daily Roto guys, they are making millionaires. That's what we are here for, okay? You don't listen just to hear the smooth, styling voice of Speed the Spitting Statistician. You listen because you want the insight, the information to go ahead and win that cash. And that's what happens with DailyRoto.com. Colin Drew, over 200K in the last 48 hours. We like that. They're making millionaires left and right. That's what we're, that's what we're here for, okay? So, we're happy to give you guys the information. Just don't be in the same contest as us. So, so his lineup last night was, and it's a Monday night showdown, so you're only playing six players yeah. there, and you have a captain. So he was on, on Traquan Smith all over so, the place, uh, And Drew Dinkmeyer was on Gabe's show last night. I was on for a half an hour. Drew came on right after me, and the one guy he gave was Traquan Smith because we knew Ginn was going to be out. He thought there might be opportunities there. He goes three for 11 in the two scores. So he was obviously a huge hit for Colin. He, he put Drew Brees in the captain spot, and the captain spot means you're, you're paying price and a half for the player in there, but you're also getting points and a half. Very often it's difficult to fit the QBs in there because they become very expensive on a very short slate like that. But Drew's, Drew Brees paid off last night for 46 points. Ingram he had, Cam Meredith he had, Alex Smith. You, all, you, you, you do everything you can on these showdown states to put both quarterbacks in there. And they needed Trey right. Quan Smith and Chris Thompson. So it was enough to tie for first place. I think you see more ties on short slates like that than you do normally. But, yeah, we gave you the Trey Quan Smith news. Uh, as far as his win on Sunday, and then we'll get back to the NFL news, he practices what he preaches because we've said it many times here, the DFS stacks, you are better off playing four or more guys, three on the one side, one on the other. He had Aaron Rodgers. He had Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He had Devontae Adams, who was very low-owned because he was banged up going into the game, and then he came back the other way with Kenny Galladay. So he, re- he did exactly what we'd say here on every Sunday show. I'm here with Gabe Morrency and Corey Parson. We tell you if you're going to stack, that is the most efficient way to do it because it will provide you a boost in stacking games plus um, it gets you away from some of the ownership uh, trip wires that can happen in larger tournaments like that. So uh, kudos to Colin. We'll probably have him on several of the shows during the course of the week just to recap what's going on. I think he's probably in a whirlwind right now, but I'm happy for him. Yeah. So uh, let's get back to what we were talking about. We were talking about free agents there, Dane, and uh, – there's still some wide receivers out there in various leagues. I'm looking in my one league, Taylor Gabriel, both Colts wide receivers, Ryan Grant, Chester Rogers, uh, Wendell Smallwood I'm seeing available in this league. 
Uh, we talked about um, Taewon Taylor, Jameson Crowder's out there. The one guy at tight end that I actually picked up in a couple of spots, it's a deeper league, but it's somebody to consider now because their wide receivers are worth garbage, is Jeff Swaim. And I don't think he's going to yeah. put up huge numbers every week, but when we talk about the touchdown dependency of certain players, I think Swaim had about a 40-yard catch the other night right out of the gate. I know he's only three for 55. He hasn't caught more than five passes in a game, but I'm just saying if this continues to be an issue where they can't do anything with their wide receivers, Jeff Swain might be a, a floor guy that you can use as we head into these bye weeks. Yes, I hear you. Um, I had him kind of on my radar as well, but I would just say that I think there are names above that just in case. Yeah, like, yes, if you're shopping at the bargain basement, that's one thing. But, you know, Austin Hooper still only owned in 55% of leagues. I think that's interesting. Your guy blew it, making America braid again. Cameron Braid only no. owned in 32% of leagues. That's where I would go. Remember, the Bucks had a buy. Okay, so the so he may be on your waiver wire. He's only a third owned in a third of leagues. O.J. Howard still out with the knee injury, and we all know that Cameron Braid had a little bit of a uh, rapport with Jameis Winston, who's back under center for Tampa Bay. So I hear you on the swim. I just think that there may be some availability of guys that are full tiers above that. Cameron Braid, Austin and Hooper, and I would even continue to ride out maybe one of these Cincinnati tight ends. Would you rather Zola, have Cameron Braid or Vance McDonald going forward? Because so, I'll give you a question. That's very interesting. So I have Cameron Braid on the waiver wire, and I'm thinking of picking him up, and I currently own Vance McDonald and Jack Doyle. I don't know when Jack Doyle's even coming back, but if I'm going to have a second tight end, I think I might want it to be Cameron Braid and not Vance McDonald. Why not drop Doyle? I could. I just don't know when he's coming back. I assume and go, he's, I, go I, Bray, Why don't you go Brait McDonald? I could. I just feel like I'm cutting the best guy then. I, but is he? I mean, here's my question, though, Blewett. Even when Doyle comes back, I think Ebron is going to maintain some of that role. So what Jack Doyle do you think? What do you think Jack Doyle is coming back to? Good question. Uh, you know, I... I, I yeah, you know, I, I almost would say I'll ride with Brait because, listen, Brait and, and, and McDonald are in offenses, you know, that are going to be throwing the ball a lot. I guess Pittsburgh may be a little bit less with Bell coming back and stuff like that. But I think Cameron Brait, listen, I've been all over Jameis Winston. You know, I, I think this Tampa Bay offense is going to throw the ball 45, 50 times a game for the rest of the season, and that's the kind of volume I want in a tight end. So I love Cameron Brait. I know yeah, you're high on Cameron throw up more than anybody. well. Yeah, but he's sharing it with I – think I, think, I don't think Ebron goes away. I don't think Ebron goes away when, when Doyle gets back, gets back in there. Uh, entirely possible. I, I, just, I followed your advice there, so I'm going to cut Doyle in that one league. I think I'm okay. <laughs> Great, I think I'm so okay all the way around. Well, I, like I did that. screw up in one of our leagues, though. Cameron Brait was sitting out there, and I, I was going to pick him up, mm-hmm. and I just got I got lost in the shuffle during the course of last week. I would say that coming out of bye, there'll be more competition for these bids now, but there yeah. are Tampa and Chicago players on the waiver wire that I think are useful. I put Cameron Brait and Taylor Gabriel at the top of those lists. There may be some other ones out there, but those are the guys that have typically been available over the last uh, week to two weeks that have produced. I, I can see that Taylor Gabriel one may have had his one. best game of the season, uh, but I, I still think he's useful. We've seen Trubisky going for him in that short passing game as well. 
Go ahead. Yeah, the last thing I want to mention, it's still a tight end. Don't don't forget, uh, he's owned in 70% of leagues, but I think it's worth a check. Uh, our boy Greg Olson targeting week six for a return. Um, so maybe uh, he's around there as six. well. And remember, there's a buy, there was a bye week in there, so he may not have been on people's radars. He's tar- he's, he is 70% owned, but I think it's worth a check. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Um, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna leave it all on the line this year. I, I think he's probably retiring That's at the right. end of the year, and he's just gonna lay it out there and deal with whatever right. comes uh, by the end of the year. I just worry about him getting re-injured. You know, it, it's a broken foot. It's not like he, you know, it's not like he's tub to toe. He's dealing with a broken foot, which he dealt with and for a long time last, last year. year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, he's trying to play on something that most people couldn't even walk on. So, um, all right. So, how about? <clears throat> Some other injury news that we need to go over because the Rams lost a pair of receivers to concussions mm. in Sunday's win over the Seahawks and Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup. They're both hopeful right now, but they're in protocol. They said they felt good and didn't have any symptoms, so they're going to go through the standard operating pr- standard, standard operating procedures, according to McVeigh. and over the next couple of days, they're going to see if they're all right. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's as serious as, say, we saw with Geronimo Allison. It Obviously, we say this all the time, and it is an injury that it isn't an injury that we have any kind of um, – there's no degrees of injury, right? You either ha- there's right. obviously can be more severe concussions, but if you have a concussion, you have it. You have a broken foot, you have it or you don't. The concussion thing can be right. nebulous at times, but if there's any sign of you still having a concussion, you're out. Yeah, and here's the only thing I'll say. Remember, Brandon Cooks had a relatively uh... – you're right. There's no degrees of concussion, but if there were, <laughs> he had what, probably, what looked like a relatively big one. Probably didn't in phrase that, that properly, Dane. I want to back that. I want to walk that back. Fair there enough. Are, there are Fair degrees, enough. obviously, but it is often to the layperson, you're just you're sort of wondering why a guy could be out with a concussion for a month, and the other guy has a concussion. And he's back next Sunday. So I think it's a little more difficult to predict for a layperson and even for doctors exactly when somebody can come back. They're either symptomatic or they're not. Yeah, I think that's right. I, the, the, the point I just wanted to make was, remember, Brandon Cooks had a big hit in the Super Bowl, if we remember. Yeah. Um, so this is now the second one that they're calling kind of like a big one. Yeah. Um, so I just want to keep that on the radar. I just think because we're grouping now Cooks and Cup together, I think we may see Cup back before cooks and the only other point i made i say this yesterday we missed you blew it on uh fantasy sports today but the thing is like this is why i call them such a herd you know because you lose cooks you lose cup jared goff still throws for 300 something yards they plug in a guy like josh reynolds and all is okay you know what i mean so i think that is kind of um that's that's the definition of the herd almost right that on every given day anybody can kind of pop off and do what they need in that pack mentality so i would i'd be intrigued about a guy like josh reynolds on waivers if the cooks concussion is more severe than say cup or otherwise all right so how terrible was i on our picks for the weekend oh really bad yeah really bad it was really bad three uh three you went over three i took the Uh, titans minus five which by sunday i said i would never do I took the and over. also blew it. 
<clears throat> How many times do I tell you about these home dogs? How many times do I have I to know. say about I these home never, dogs? I, I the know. Detroit Lions, home dogs. They went out right. The Buffalo Bills, home dogs. They went out right. I believe the Cleveland Browns were home dogs, and they won out right. You know, even things like in Seattle, right? We talked about the big home dog. Everyone's, oh, the Rams I, I are almost so never amazing, pick against blah, blah, home blah. dogs. I just, I don't know. Well, I you just... picked two of, two of your three were home dogs against home dogs last week. So, so unfortunately, really yes. Dumb. You went so 0 and 3. I went against my best. Scott and I went 1 and 2. But we all advanced in survivors. Uh, well, yeah, I know we, we advanced in survivors, but I can't say I'm feeling good about it. I'm 3 and 2 in our survivor you. picks for the year. But I will say in my other survivor pool, I'm still alive. All three uh, remaining participants picked the Patriots. So uh, we move on to this week. Uh, we'll take a look at those games as we go. But I really am going to avoid picking against home dogs. It isn't something I normally do. I just try to avoid I'll the remind game, you even on if Friday. I don't like the home dog. I just try to avoid the game, but pretty amazing. The home dogs have been on fire this year, uh, like you said, Bills and Cleveland. And I, by the time kickoff came, though, that spread had swung. I looked at Westgate on Sunday morning, and the Lions were a one-point favorite. So it was technically they weren't a home dog, but when you and I talked about it on Friday, they still were. Yeah, I saw it move to pick, so the money was definitely moving in that direction for sure. So – um, other big news. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, it's all about Drew Brees last night. Uh, let's see. Josh Norman yeah. was benched last night. Uh, Mike Thomas trolling him on Twitter. Jordan Howard talking about his role. I think that's something to talk about when we come back uh, and, and trying to um, sift through what the Bears are going to look like coming back off of this break. Who's going to be targeted uh, more heavily between Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard? Is Jordan Howard... Feel somebody can roll out there. The Jordan Howard, Derrick Henry plotters feel as ancient as ever in this NFL with the way some of these teams are running offense. So we'll come back after the break. Dana and I will go over that and more on FST. Join us on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network after the break. We'll be right back. you're someone that needs fantasy sports advice every day, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network has you covered. When you download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, you get the top fantasy advice every single day right through the weekend. Be sure to listen to our weekend warriors like College Football Today. Welcome to College Football Today. Weekend Fantasy Update. They call me the Fantasy Jesus. In this league, it is never short of exciting at ITL. And so much more. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app in the iTunes and Google Play Store now. And keep the best fantasy experts right in your pocket all day long and all week long. Back on FST, a little STP getting us started. So Jordan Howard on his role, Dane, said it's been a while. Uh, this is according to Pro Football Talks. Josh Alpert, it's been a while since the Bears played a game, but when they were last on the field, they were giving Tariq Cohen 20 touches in a win over the Bucks, while Jordan Howard only got the ball 11 times. The first time this season that Cohen got the ball more often than Howard. And look at the results. They were up at 48 points basically by halftime. Howard didn't talk to reporters mm-hmm. after the game. They had last week off, and <clears throat> so he, he mentions how it, it, they ask if he was frustrated. He says, I wasn't frustrated uh, via the Chicago Sometimes. I was happy we won. You see how much we won by it, so there's really nothing to complain about. With a game like that, you don't have nothing to complain about. You just got to be happy about a win. So 
which leads, obviously, everybody in the fantasy community to wonder what's going on with Jordan Howard. He was a fairly high draft pick. He hasn't been efficient. He's barely getting the ball. So what are your thoughts, really, on this? I hate to say I told you so, but I was lower on Jordan Howard than most of the fantasy community going into this season, and the narrative and the reasons why I said are exactly what is coming to fruition. I said that Jordan Howard's RB2 status was based on volume, that he was not a dynamic kind of guy, and that in this offseason, with the Matt Nagy offense, with a new scheme, Jordan Howard now looks around, and all of a sudden, there are more dynamic playmakers to feed the ball to. Tariq Cohen, Allen Robinson. Taylor Gabriel, Trey Burton, they drafted Anthony Miller. These are all guys that are more dynamic than Jordan Howard. I said there would be more mouths to feed, not necessarily the kind of herd per se, but if you look back at the Bears in their first two weeks, okay, like the wide receivers that they had out there were not anyone to scare you. Now they have a different scheme altogether. I think it's your point that you just made about plotting guys like Derrick Henry and the world. The NFL is moving away from that. Matt Nagy is one of these younger head coaches that embody that exact kind of shift, shall we say. So I was anticipating that the volume was going to be a little bit less. I had him lower than most, and I do think that's what's going to happen. Now, listen, the Bears are better than they have been in years past, so they may need to run out the clock a little bit, and there may be some volume in the fourth quarter there. But in this flow of games, it's similar to what I was saying about Josh Gordon. Now there were other, when he was in Cleveland, there are now other options in Cleveland. Cleveland making his slice of the pie a little bit smaller. I think the same thing for Jordan Howard in Chicago because, uh, you know, you got some other playmakers there in that offense now. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so through the five, through the four games only, he has touched the ball 64, 74 times. So sure. it's not the end of the world. You did see a game script that went, they just went wild on the play calling. The Bucks looked like they forgot how to play defense. Then they started to turn the ball over, too. So it, it did get out of control. I try not to overreact to the one game script that went out of control. But you just wonder how many times he'll be able to touch the ball on, on per game. Against Arizona, they grinded that one out. He touched the ball 24 times for 61 yards. Week 1, 15 for 82. Week 2, 14 for 35. Tampa, 11 for 25. It's obviously not that bad. They're not that inefficient. But... He caught the ball 10 times. Tariq Cohen, you know, so here's the interesting thing. When you look at the stats, <clears throat> Tariq Cohen's caught the ball 14 times. Jordan Howard, 10. So he's not a zero in the passing game. Uh, but after the way Cohen performed last week, I just think that, uh, you know, as you, as you like to say, the fantasy herd will take over and Jordan Howard will see even less okay. touches. So, um, you know, not in no way is he droppable, and I do think that he's startable on certain occasions. You're just going to have to check the matchup. Jordan Howard, however, for now, isn't necessarily a plug-and-play guy. I think he is, you know, down the line of RB2s this season, wouldn't you say? Sure, but the one thing that is and that you're going to have to start considering over the next month, it's a uh, kind of feather in his cap that the Bears have already had their buy. That's yes, right. Blew it. No you know doubt what about I mean? it. So when you have – 
when you paint yourself into a corner sometimes here on buys, you know, like I think that's a boost for some of these guys on Carolina, Tampa, Chicago. For example, the Bears defense, you don't got to worry about them the rest of the year. I don't care who they're playing. You plug them and play them. Trey Burton, out of all these tight ends that are a wasteland, Trey Burton has already had his buy, you know. Um, and so when you have the crunch of the RB position as well, that's a little bit of a feather in his cap. Yeah, Jordan Jordan Howard already had his buy. Jordan, sorry, Jordan Reed already had his buy. Who? Yeah. Not going to do anything for you on tight ends, though. He caught one pass last night. What are they doing? <laughs> I guess that's true. What is but happening? you have to start Jordan Reed. What are you going to do with the way tight ends been? You're not. You're not benching Jordan Reed. You I know, agree. you're just not. I agree. Uh, but this week, this <laughs> you week know, you, you have do? major. Put in Rhett Ellison. <laughs> right. It, hey, don't make fun of my Red Ellison call. I've been good on the deep tight ends this year. I call. I made the Ellison call. No, no doubt. I had the Jake Butt call. Hireman, was going remember? in the right direction. I had Jeff Hireman one I'm, week. I'm on Jeff Swain <laughs> right now, you. so just all the more role. reason you can't bench Jordan Reed, though. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care what if he has one for 21. I agree. You got to go back to the Jordan Reed well. Yeah. So uh, speaking of tight, speaking of tight ends, you can't play Ben Watson this week. So just early to let you know, there's a lot of firepower. That will be on your benches this week because Detroit and New Orleans are off. So the yeah. big time running backs there in Johnson, Kamara, and Ingram, both QBs obviously are QB ones right now, and the wide receivers have been great. Uh, Galladay, as you like to say, has been really oh, good. I was he just going to say that he helped. Uh, oh man, he he helped Colin Drew win uh, big money on Sunday. And then, obviously, all the Saints wide receivers and Golden Tate, too. So you have big-time buys this week. I'll tell you right now who is on buy in Week 7 to give you a sense how much more firepower is going to be out. That's Packers, Steelers, Hawks, and Raiders. And that's Week 7. Then Week 8, Falcons, Cowboys, Chargers, Titans. So you got more firepower there. I mean, this is a lot of guys being lost. And then... The big week, uh, the big week in week nine with six teams off, six not teams. as much firepower from a fantasy standpoint, but still overall, it's going to impact you. Cardinals, Bengals, Colts, Jags, Giants, Eagles. You lose a lot of running backs Oof. in that particular week in week yeah. nine. That's David Johnson, Joe Mixon, Saquon, and assuming Fournette could even be back by then, Fournette would be gone. Or so, yeah, and Yeldon too, <laughs> frankly. So. So there you go. That gives you a sense of what's coming up for the weeks to come. Can I so, tell you something real quick? Yes. I want you to laugh, Blewett. Yeah. Um, our guy Steve G on Twitter, who yeah. you know always tweets during Jim the show. Jim Cardio and the like Roto that. Experts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Friend of the show. Check this out. He hit me up yesterday being like when he heard the Ajayi news that for some reason he had uh, a specific song stuck in his head that he was humming and his wife, you know, they're at home or whatever, and he said his wife was like, are you, ho- are you humming Holiday by Madonna? <laughs> and I was like, that's incredible. And then I was gonna, about to tell the guy, hey, at least you're not going to hear it at all this week with Detroit on by, but you started singing it right off the bat. Yeah, so – um, he's giving us advice too on Twitter this morning. He's telling me to drop uh, yeah, McDonald's I saw that. pick up camera. Yeah, I saw that. I, the no, tight end I, situation. I got it, yeah. Steve. Uh, it's not my first show here. So, <laughs> hey, we um, appreciate it, Steve, friend yeah. of the show. Thanks for Galladay. So, Just keep it in your head, brother man. What was your? Um, oh, you you had a note about how the the Pats Chiefs game, which is the Sunday night oh, game, yeah. how what that opened at that over. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we were talking about this, right? Um, how high would it go? I think it's going to get higher. The Chiefs-Patriots total opened at 59. Blew it, I think, though, by the time. I think the early money is going to be on the over. It is. And I think this is going to be in the 60s Westgate, before all Westgate already moved, which is uh, they run the Super Contest, really? obviously. It's already up to 59.5 at the Westgate. The spread is wow. holding at 3.5 for now. Uh, I hate that hook, but... Uh, we shall see. I, I we'll see how the money moves around on that uh, New England. This is going to be last team with the ball. Chiefs this game. is going to be last team with the ball. You know, the how many Steelers, punts do you think happen? Vegas, Vegas the nailed over? the Steelers Falcons over. Punts. They nailed yeah, it know, on the number. We mentioned that. We mentioned that yesterday. If I hung a prop that there would be one and a half punts in this game, one and a half punts, Chiefs yeah. pass on Sunday night. Yeah. I'd be a gambler and take the over, but I think it's unlikely. <laughs> I think it's unlikely that, that would And happen. then parlay that with the under on the total? Yeah, so some early uh, early looks, obviously, across God, that Monday night game just looks way worse than it did a few weeks ago. San Francisco travels to Green Bay. Yeah. That's a nine-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, Bethard uh, doing a hell of a job the other day as they got blown out by the Cardinals. Uh, Dallas hosting Jacksonville. That's only three right now. I know it's a road game, but Dallas a three-point dog right now. Uh, Denver. Home dogs. Home dogs. Denver, another home dog. It's a touchdown home dog. That looks, you really want to bet the Rams there, the way Denver looked and the way the Rams. Rams Do you think the home dog applies when the game is in London? Because the Raiders are three-point quote-unquote home dogs. Seahawks-Raiders is in Wembley Stadium this week. No, I don't know why that would matter at all. They're, it's a neutral site game. I guess, so. right? They're both flying, right? Yeah. It technically so I guess home the home dog narrative Raiders, doesn't but, stand there. Yeah. Dolphins home dogs plus three against the Chicago Bears coming in after their bye. A lot of home dogs. Back in Florida, though. That's a dangerous one for Chicago. That's a dangerous yeah. one for Chicago. And then all the narratives are tested in Thursday night football. Okay, the Giants are home dogs. Philly would be the road team on Thursday night football coming in. Giants are a home dog, but if you're anywhere near the New York area, you know the Giants are this close to coming off the rails. Uh, I mean, they're one and four. It's terrible right now, yeah. and they just they lost the game in excruciating fashion. I get it, but yeah, man, it's did. ugly. There's a powder cake. <laughs> I had ready Carolina to in a survivor pool somewhere where I had to pick two games. I told you in weeks five, ten, and fifteen, I had to pick two, and I had an entry. One of my entries was Pats Panthers, and I had another entry that was Bengals Panthers. Mm. Um, so I got through. My third wow. entry was Pats Saints. So I'm all the way through. I am now three of the remaining thirty-eight entries in a survivor pool that's uh, over five k. So I'm Panthers were. I mean, I could have knocked out a lot of people. I I didn't love. Yeah. I didn't love giving the points there because it, it was classic Giants to be. It was a hook. It was seven and a half. I saw. Yeah, yeah. so it, it, classic Giants, though, to be down and out and almost win that game. But here's what I'll say about. So th- there's been so much Eli talk. That came the other day. It was not his fault. I mean, Eli nah. played pretty well, but it's it's a funny he thing because the e- Eli conversation is dominating them. And he actually had a good game the other night. So um, I don't really know what to think about that going forward. From a fantasy standpoint, Barkley's knee injury on that touchdown seems to be okay. I don't think that's going to be something that's long-term going to impact him. Uh, It was scary to look at initially, but I I think he'll be okay. We'll see how he fares on the injury report. Uh, The betting favorite would be the first coach fired. This is something we talked about a lot during the season, has now gone in favor of... 
Jason Garrett. His odds are plus 350 at Bet DSI. So now he's the first guy in the lead. Let's see. Dirk Cutter is viewed as the second most likely at plus 500. Uh, Texans coach Bill O'Brien, Broncos coach Vance Joseph are at plus 750, and Browns coach Hugh Jackson at plus 1,000. Uh, the odds hey, that no coach you. will be fired during the season are plus 400. I think somebody's getting fired. It, and I just wonder, I don't think Jerry would be the type to relieve Jason Garrett that early in the season, maybe with a, a week or two to go, but I don't think Jerry would do that. Jason Garrett's been part of the organization for a really long time. Yeah, I would still, I you know, my pick going into the season was Dirk Cutter in terms of this. I still believe that Dirk Cutter is where the smart money would be um i do believe you know listen if it goes bad and by bad i mean deshaun watson gets injured bad i could see the bill o'brien thing happening well he saw the sec he saw the most hits in the league going into the week with 42 it didn't get any better the yeah, other they night. are getting him i was on, I was nah, on with gabe and killed. cam last night in game time decisions for some reason Bill O'Brien doesn't think that Deshaun Watson can take a snap under center, and he nearly got him killed near the goal line at the end of the first half. It was a terrible yeah. play call. Three it was a bad times. decision. He put Three times he got crushed on the two-yard line. Yeah, so that's the deal. Um, I, I think Garrett – I would not say Garrett happens during the season. I still think I'm with you. I, I thought it was Derek Cutter going into the year. I still think that now. But here's my conundrum. I posed this to Gabe and Cam last night. In my over-under pool, Dane, I have the Bucks oh, yeah. under six and a half. I have the Raiders under eight. I feel good about Love that. It. I still have the Love Titans it. over eight, and I'm going to leave that locked in. But here's the conundrum I have. I, I have the Pats over 11 and a half. Right, I can use them as my alternate and replace the Lions, which need to be under eight, or replace the Bucks, which needs to be under six and a half. So of my four bets, which do you think is the most tenuous? Bucks under six and a half? The Lions one. The, the Lions, Lions by far. I think the Bucks are a lock. I think the Raiders are still absolutely fine. I like what we're doing with Tennessee. Remember, I was with you on them picking the division. So those three, I think it's a question is only Detroit. Um, but New England's 11 and a half, right? Yes. And they're playing the Chiefs yeah, this weekend. Yeah, that, that scares me. I have to make a decision listen, by Thursday. If you Thursday. put a gun to my head, if you put a gun to my head and said, uh, what will the Pats record be at the end of the season? My answer would be 11 and five. And if you ask me about Detroit, I think, listen, I think Detroit, I'd stick, I'd stick with the Detroit under it's under right that you're on. And it's like what yes. under seven and a half. Yeah. I'm going to for you right now. I have the lions under eight. It's gotta be Titans over eight. So Raiders seven, under eight, seven, Bucks right? under six so and a half. Win. Yeah. Yeah, I keep it the way it is. I keep it the way it is. I like all four that you have, and the Patriots one would be the one I'm least confident of anyway. And right. so before that's the one you cast aside. I would rank them Oakland, Tampa, Tennessee, Detroit. Got it. So you you say I stand pat. I oh, feel yes. like I feel like every year I pass on the Patriots and they just end up going over. They just do it every year. This uh, Kansas City one is weird to me. They're gonna have, uh, you know, they're gonna have, they have a lot the of division later games on. left. Though they have five divisional games left, and the division stinks. It does. Um, I hear. I I hear you. <laughs> they could win all that, five right? of those. What division do they play mm -hmm. though? What div what NFC division do they play? They play the North, right? Yeah, because the Jets play the North. I know that. So they haven't seen Chicago's defense yet. They haven't seen Green Bay or Minnesota yet. Um, they've only seen Detroit in that division, which is the worst of the four teams, in my opinion. So they still have Green Bay, Chicago, and Minnesota left. They play also. Kansas City, then um, go to Chicago, to Buffalo, <clears throat> host the 
Packers. I mean, at <clears> Chicago is tough. Then go to Tennessee. I think, listen, I'm looking at their Kansas City is a possible loss. Chicago's a possible loss. Uh, Minnesota's a possible loss. Pittsburgh is a possible loss. Yeah. They got some. Po- they're going to win some of those games, but yeah, it's Cardin. Uh, still the thanks least for listening. Dana, I'll be back on Thursday. It's Cardin and Friends next on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.